should wait to come out, that you should uh, try to gain rank or status before you do that. That's a bunch of bull It's a new day in the music industry, and I can reach my fans. We're getting there. I've caused harm to the political agenda, and which I'm actually happy for. I would say probably the best message to them is that they're on the wrong side of history. Whether you're lesbian, gay, bi, transgender, or whatever, Love is love. Shout it out to the world. The Michelle Miao Show. Your A through Z covering the LGBT, LMNOP, and everyone in between show. And now here's your host, Michelle Miao. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us here on this Monday, the 28th. I'm Michelle Miao, your host. The Michelle Miao Show is your A through Z, covering the LGBT, LMNOP, and everyone in between show. Today's show is brought to you by Pacific Fertility Center. When life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. Today we're going to talk to a few Bay Area residents, uh, a couple of interviews from folks who had plans and what they were going to do this weekend, and then a couple of, uh, of folks that I interviewed after the events from this weekend. And for those of you who don't know, the show is uh, is produced here in San Francisco. And so San Francisco and the Bay Area had rallies that were supposed to happen by alternative right or conservative or right-wing groups, um, such as uh, Patriot Prayer. And I, I want to talk a little bit about that. So I'm going to spend the first half of the show talking about my thoughts regarding the rallies that were supposed to happen this weekend but did not and what exactly happened in the Bay Area and just kind of like my thoughts and analysis for the progressive community uh, to learn from each other. Now, Joey Gibson is the organizer of Patriot Prayer, and it's an organization whose mission is to call out corrupt government. Uh, They talk about love, they talk about unity, and they talk about, you know, the need for the freedom of speech. What they don't say in their mission statement is that they are total Donald Trump supporters. And so all of their rallies have pro-Trump gear. The people who show up usually are in pro-Trump clothing or make America great again caps. And I just think it's a conundrum to me. It doesn't make any sense. There's a lot of contradictions there. Like how can you support someone like Donald Trump and talk about love and unity? Now, the interesting thing is that, you know, there was an article that came out in the San Francisco Examiner, and the title was, The Alt-Right Neo-Nazis KKK uh, Are Coming to Town. And that article started a fire shitstorm. By the time, you know, the regular media had picked up on it, you had Nancy Pelosi and you had Ed Lee talk to the media and basically condemned the presence of this group here in San Francisco, hoped that the National Park Service would not grant them the permits to hold their rally at Chrissy Field, which is a federal park. And so the permit system doesn't go through the city, it goes through the federal government or the National Park Service. Well, the permit was granted, but without a lot of media attention focused on it, And by this time, by the time that the permits got granted, you know, the mayor had already uh, denounced the rallying, had already called them alt-right, you know, KKK, neo-Nazi, and went on this whole narrative about San Francisco being a no-hate city. And so that's just kind of how everyone else then started to talk about the Patriot Prayer people in this way. And, and this rally is supposed to take was supposed to take place very soon after what happened in Charlottesville. And so it was very easy to believe or to clump them all into the group. The interesting thing that happened was that Joey Gibson and the Patriot Prayer people started going on the news and to the media to talk about how they're not KKK, they're not neo-Nazi, they're not, um, you know, hateful people and racist. Joey Gibson self-identified himself as Japanese. He also mentioned a handful of speakers that he would have there, like a trans, his words, transsexual, by the name of Amber Cummings, who 
um, is an anti-communist transgender activist, uh, and I think she lives in the Bay Area. They also had a guy named Will Johnson, who is an African-American guy, and he's all in support of Donald Trump, and a bunch of other people, who Latino, he had a Samoan guy. So he was like, so we can't possibly be KKK racist people. We're just all about the freedom of speech. So what I wanted to talk about in terms of like what really happened, these guys did end up canceling the Patriot Prayer Rally that was supposed to happen at Chrissy Field. And they cited that, you know, the liberal progressive Democrats like Ed Lee, Nancy Pelosi, Scott Weiner were the politicians who were setting them up for violence because when the National Park Service gave them the permit, there were a list of things that they couldn't bring into the park, which included helmets, shields, bottles. I mean, anything that can be used as a weapon. And to me, like, that's normal. I mean, for somebody who ha- who helps organize events in San Francisco, um, that's normal to basically have the responsibility if you're going to have a rally to make it safe for everyone. And so the guy canceled the rally and then said he was going to do a news conference at Alamo Square and that really made a lot of other, you know, counter protesters uh, angry because it just seemed like he had an ulterior motive. Um, but then, you know, by the morning, the police had fenced off Alamo Square so that they can create some separation between Patriot Prayer people and the uh, counter protesters. And that wasn't good enough for Joey Gibson, so he canceled that and said he was going to do a news conference. Uh, indoor or at a hotel or something like that. And he did. And then he went live on a local station near the airport and talked about Antifa and the liberal progressive politicians and the media being liars, calling them white supremacists, KKK, neo-Nazis, and it's not that. Long story short, it just sounds bonkers. It sounds like, right, middle school, um, play yard kind of stuff. That's not even middle school. That's like elementary but it, but it kind of is. I mean, I don't understand why these people come to a city like San Francisco and expect anything less. You know you're going to get counter-protesters. He talked about wanting to have a conversation with moderate liberals, scared liberals, liberals who won't call out Antifa in their violent ways. Um, but at the same time, it's like, how can you, that's my question to Joey Gibson, how can you support someone like Donald Trump? Like, that makes no sense. And even if you were to stand on the platform of freedom of speech and you think that that is the backbone of this country, well, then my argument back to you is that you must not have gone through so many of the injustices that a lot of other oppressed communities here in this country have for like a long time for the only thing to be on your mind or the only thing that you think is worth fighting for and excluding groups here in this country, discriminating against them, is freedom of speech. When freedom of speech turns into violence, when it turns into a situation in which you know there's ethnic genocide or, or some sort or anti-Semitic comments that are made, if, if those are the types of people you attract, then I really think that you need to dig deep into your soul, into your heart, and what that means to you. And I'm talking to Joey here. Uh, The other thing I want to talk about is the fact that there's some people now who are buying into Joey Gibson saying he's not a white supremacist. He might not be a white supremacist by the very standard textbook definition of what a white supremacist is, but he definitely is complicit in white supremacy. And those are two different things. You don't have to be white to be complicit in white supremacy. White supremacy is an ideology that this country is built upon, and it's bled into our institutions, which includes you know, the political institutions that, in a lot of ways, are very racist and, in a lot of ways, uh, create inequities for a certain specific type of person here in America. So if you're not rich, if you're not white— you know, if you're not any of those two things, or male even, everything else then starts to chip away as far as rights, as far as, you know, equal treatment. I mean, it's impossible. It's impossible to, to support someone like Donald Trump and say that you're not racist. Uh, when my parents first came here to this country and they raised me and everything that I learned from growing up and from school and from the media— 
by the time I got to college, I was racist. And I would argue that the, the prejudice and the bias is still there in a lot of ways because I'm not black and black people have it the worst here in this country. But, it, but I've had to do a lot of unpacking myself to really look myself in the mirror and say, I'm a racist and that needs to change. And when I say I'm a racist, it wasn't necessarily, it was like, you know, oh, I want to go out and I want to beat up black people where I want to, uh, that I think that they don't deserve to be here. It was racist in that I was complicit with every single thing, like policy or even when it came to education or when it came to jobs, like my thought process was wrong in that I supported these institutions that kept certain people out of opportunities. And so, you know, I'm, I say these things because if you are a person of color and you lean to the right in your views or your politics, you might sit there and say, like, this is all about identity, Michelle, and, it, and it's not. And I, I think that you cannot ignore identity. You cannot ignore culture once we can embrace them, once we can um, absolutely allow for culture and identity to be authentic and to be honest here in this country, we would have a lot less inequitable or inequities that exist here in this country. And so those are my thoughts on Patriot Prayer and Joey Gibson. He obviously failed. He couldn't fight off, uh, you know, our city, San Francisco. And he kind of, the veil had been lifted that the truth came out in kind of what these guys wanted to do. None of, none of his speeches are about love and unity. You can't support someone like Donald Trump and talk about love and unity all in the same sentence. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I'll talk about Antifa. We're, we're also going to do some interviews that focuses on that and just talk about, you know, the liberal or left movement as it applies to Trump's America. Don't go away. When we come back, the Michelle Miao Show continues right after this. The Commonwealth Club of California is the nation's leading public forum engaged with the most important issues of the day. More than 450 times each year, we feature programs on politics, LGBT issues, literature, science, entertainment, and more. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Watch our videos on YouTube and Facebook. And when you're in the Bay Area, join us in person for our daily programs. Learn more about the club at CommonwealthClub.org. This is a true story about two best friends who fell in love and moved across the country to the city by the bay. After many years of dating, Jen and Jacqueline are now planning their dream wedding. It's a big moment in everyone's life when you say I do, especially when you can make choices for your authentic life and your loved ones too. Congratulations, Jen and Jacqueline. Live your authentic life. A special message brought to you by Weatherford BMW. Babe, I think we're ready. We're really doing this. Yeah, I'm ready for our family. So where do we start? <laughs> Starting a family is a team effort, and when life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side as a unified team of the best fertility specialists guided by the highest ethical standards Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. Thanks for listening to the Progressive Voices Network, streaming the best in progressive talk 24-7. Keep the progressive conversation going on on Facebook. Like us at Facebook.com forward slash Progressive Voices. On the Progressive Voices Facebook page, we update the stories that our hosts like Tom Hartman, Stephanie Miller, Bill Press, and Leslie Marshall will be talking about during their shows. And we share great news, commentaries, opinion pieces, and videos from all over the progressive world. Always progressive, always on. Be part of the progressive conversation. Like us at Facebook.com forward slash Progressive Voices. And now, back to the Michelle Meow Show. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Michelle Meow Show. I'm Michelle Meow, your host, and it's just me here solo in the studio. In fact, I'm solo in the entire television station. Um, I also produce my radio show here at Coffee TV, and there's nobody here. They took the day off. And so I thought I'd kick off, you know, Monday with just kind of a wrap up of my thoughts of what happened this past weekend in the Bay Area. There were supposed to be some alt-right, you know, conservative pro-Trump rallies um, that were planned here in the Bay Area, but they were canceled. 
uh, it, well, the one in San Francisco, and the Patriot Prayer group, or the guys over at Patriot Prayer, are the ones who are organizing it, but because of, um, I, I'm sure of it, at least from my opinion, um, it, it felt like the counter-protesting and, you know, the, they saw the amount of, of interest and love and unity that the entire city brought out and that people were just not going to have it. Um, I don't think that that's entirely the case. I think, honestly, what, what also contributed to their uh, position to cancel the rally is the fact that they were met with a lot of restrictions at Chrissy Field. And this will tell you um, what might have been going on. I mean, these guys had called it the Oath Keepers, which is a pretty you know conservative group in these, these guys who go out during these conservative rallies to quote-unquote protect them, but they're armed. And so I'm sure of it that the Oath Keepers didn't want to come anymore after they found out that they were restricted. They couldn't bring their sticks, their bully sticks, or, uh, you know, they couldn't wear helmets. They couldn't bring shields. Definitely no guns. Uh, so to them, it's like a peaceful rally. Well, that's not us. And so they shut it down. And I think that even after, you know, people started hearing in the media of all the events that are being planned around the city, to counter-protest this rally, I think a lot of them decided to stay home. I think this this group maybe had, you know, 10, 20, 30 people who were interested in coming to San Francisco for this rally. Supposedly, Joey Gibson, the organizer and leader of this group, um, had said that there a lot of people had spent, you know, plane tickets and airfare and all this stuff, airfare and hotel stay, and were disappointed. But once they canceled the rally, I mean, I I was prepared for a bunch of these guys, you know, that uh, may not live in San Francisco. You could usually tell. I mean, again, white supremacists or, or racist people live in San Francisco. You know, this city's not immune to that. Um, but if they're coming from out of town and they're very proud of their white supremacy ways and they're, they are racist, you can absolutely tell. They do stick out. They don't blend in. Most of the racist guys here in San Francisco blend in. Um, so, you know, in my opinion, I think that he didn't have the turnout. He really, really, really didn't have the turnout. And at the same time, whoever was turning out, he really was looking for a situation where the protesters can clash. So that's what happened in San Francisco, and what you saw probably in the media, if you're following it, are pictures of a ton of a ton of, of a lot of people who came out to counter protest, and that was in the thousands. There was a main event in Civic Center uh, with Michael Franti and a bunch of other people who spoke as well as um, uh, who as as performed as musicians. There were no politicians who were speaking. It was very important that the mayor made sure people knew that. And then there were several other protest groups. There were, there were protest groups who were going to meet these guys right there at Chrissy Field, but they chickened out. They were going to meet them at Alamo Square, where they said they were going to have their news conference, but those guys, the Patriot Prayer, chickened out. Um and that's what happened in San Francisco. So for, for any of you out there in all these other cities, I mean, I, I certainly think it's absolutely worth it to show up and show up for your community, show up for what you believe in. And peaceful protesting is absolutely still very, very, very effective. Uh, but key word there, peaceful protesting. And that's my personal decision. That's my personal choice. Um, but there are people out there who have to, you know, I think by all means necessary or whatever it is that you have to do. And all of us have a different level of privileges and how we personally are impacted by neo-Nazi KKK, white supremacy, white supremacists. Um, and how we react is, is our own personal decision. I can't say for you if it's right for you, if it's wrong for you, um, but just make sure that it's a decision you've done You've checked in with yourself. You've checked in with your family. You've checked in, you know, just kind of uh, with everything and know that there are consequences to our actions. And when I say consequences, I mean, again, like that's that's not that's that's not accurate in a in a in a situation when we live in a country with 
uh, inequality or in, uh, inequities as it it as as inequities or inequality to the people who live here who are not, like I said, white, male, um, cisgender, and rich. Rich is a big, huge one. Uh, so what happened in Berkeley? Berkeley did get a little bit more um, physical, uh, but I don't want you to take from the headlines that that's all that it was. The, there were thousands and thousands of peaceful protesters and about 100 of black bloc or Antifa um, people who were dressed in black who did come. And yeah, they, it, 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 there were scuffles and there were some fights. Um, but that, it, from what I'm hearing from a lot of my friends who were there, a part of the peaceful protest said that that was minimal. And uh, there were a lot of Antifa uh, activists who were there watching out for the most vulnerable in the community and just making sure that they weren't being physically affected by the right wing uh, or conservative, I should say pro-Trump supporters. Um, And the, the, the crazy thing is that these Patriot Prayer guys said that they weren't going to show up they said that you know the rally was canceled amber cummings who had put who who put it together who was denied by the way for a permit uh by the city of berkeley because she couldn't fill out the forms completely decided to have a public rally uh in berkeley and told supposedly through facebook and all that stuff um that no one should show up except her because she wanted to show the world how violent Antifa was. Well, uh, they did show up and they got what, you know, what I think they knew was going to happen. They wanted this. Anyway, there's more to my thoughts, but I think we should check in to see what other people thought and what they did here in the Bay Area. So let's, uh, let's, let's take a quick break and we'll hear from Alyssa. I'm Heclina. I've been doing drag here in San Francisco for almost 20 years, and uh, over the past couple of months, I just opened up my club, Oasis. It's been going really well. People really seem to appreciate the space. It's something people say San Francisco really needs right now, because the city has been changing a lot. I always had this attitude of, of opening a space that was kind of like for everybody, and that's just kind of the attitude and the, the uh, the ethics of Oasis is it's kind of a space for everybody. How does it feel to be a business owner? I don't know, you know, it's funny because I still need, I still have to kind of pinch myself to believe it's actually true, you know what I mean? Like I walk in there and, and I go up to the bar and I go, oh, can I please have a glass of water? You know, it's kind of like, I forget that it's my place. Running gay clubs, it's changed a lot. Um, I think that gay people now, they're everywhere. They don't feel like they have to maybe be in a gay bar all the time, so you have to be much more creative about how you are enticing people to come out to your club. I, I guess I'm successful because I'll just say it, I work really hard at what I do. I also like to provide a really quality experience for people. So yes, you know, people will pay to see my shows and pay to come to my club, but I always like, like to give them something that's worth it. The experience that they'll, they'll leave my shows going, okay, that was worth it, you know what I mean? This has always been my attitude. Um, just to entertain people and so it seems like that works, you know. I would say to young kids, you know, just kind of form your own identity and, uh, and you know, don't let others dictate how you should behave or think. Uh, you can always go to uh, sfoasis.com to find out about all the entertainment and nightlife that we have going on at Oasis. If you want to see drag, we've got that for you. If you want to see some queer hip-hop parties or queer dance parties, we have that for you. Spotlight on success and achievement. Brought to you by Wells Fargo. Together, we'll go far. And now, back to the Michelle Meow Show.
Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining me here on this Monday. It's the Monday after a really busy weekend here in the Bay Area. There were some uh, conservative rallies or alt-right rallies. I think I should just call it for what it is. I mean, Trump supporter rallies that were supposed to happen here in the Bay Area. They were canceled and, you know, and all that good stuff that I had explained earlier. So we're checking in with Bay Area residents to see what they did and how they reacted to what happened in the Bay. And so our caller just to make sure I have her potted up, and now I do. Our caller, Elisa, is on the line. Elisa, how are you? You there? Hi, that was also weird. It got really muddled. Okay. How does it, I, I'm how ready does to go when you are. All right, let's do it. So, Elisa, thanks so much for joining us here on the program. Uh, we're just checking in with everyone who may or may not have participated this uh, weekend. There were definitely a lot of ways that you could. What did you do? Um, I went to Civic Center, and um, I met some members of my church, Glide, and then some people from my Terrapin family here in Marin went in with me. And I just really celebrated with thousands of my brothers and my sisters and just rejuvenated and rejoiced that we we stood up we affirmed life and you know what we will not sit down and it was just such a joyous weekend uh some personal stuff came up for you that was um pretty significant yeah so my son turned 26 and he said, I have news for you. And he posted on Facebook and Instagram. And he said, you know, I'm gay. And I said, I am so happy for you. And for me, my son is gay. He's Jewish. My father's family came from Mexico. Um, my father was a civil rights leader. There was no way that I could sit down. And I couldn't have gone. But there was this part of me that was somewhat fearful that I was going to be, like, beaten down or my car was going to be stormed or who knows what. But I went... And I stood up because it was really something I had no choice, but it was really emotional. And it was like after the Women's March, it was the most life-affirming, positive time I've had. Wow. Wow. That's really, yeah. really great and positive to hear. I mean, and also just because it was such a significant personal weekend for you. So while you were out there, I mean, you know, it, it, it seemed like to me at least was that uh, the, uh, the group Patriot Prayer who was the organization that was trying to put up the rally over at Christie Field in San Francisco. They seem to have disbanded, or I don't, I don't really know how many of their people were actually going to show up. Um, but did you run into anyone or encountered anyone that might have, uh, I guess, you know, that, that might have been here for that uh, rally? Oh, well, it's so funny that you should mention that because um, we actually kind of had a safety talk when we went in. And Glide didn't go in as a contingent, and my friends Marin didn't go in as a contingent. But what we felt was that it was really important for us to go in as a contingent and to stay strong. And so we did. And um, we kind of had an action plan. My friends really didn't want to get physical or violent. Should that happen, we went towards the center of the rally so we weren't where a car could probably hit us. And then my friend actually said that she heard a church in San Francisco saying that she could use her walker or a cane to combat violence with. And she said, Lisa, you know, I am not going to combat violence with violence. So she didn't do anything. She didn't want to do anything. But I felt there were some men that were maybe circling a few. I don't know. Um, and we just, like, had a really good vibe. We just felt like... We're going to be alert, we're going to be aware, and we're not going to be victims. And the whole feeling was just so high um, that I wasn't going to feed into any negativity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, things didn't turn out as peaceful in San Francisco as it did for Berkeley. Uh, there were reports of, of some violence in Berkeley, and, and, uh, and, and I, don't, I think the news, you know, starting to just... Uh, also report that it was all because of Antifa or anti-fascist activists and things like that. I don't want to get too much into that because I know you got to go soon. But um, kind of, you know, yeah, what, 
do you have any thoughts about when protests turn violent um, and what these groups really actually want? And when I say these groups, I mean the alt-right, the patriot prayer people. Like, what are they actually rallying for? Well, you know, Michelle, because you and I have both worked in the media for a long time and I was a child of the media, it's a lot of um, what they want is to antagonize us and to create violence and to incite us. I mean, going to Berkeley, you know, as a Trump support group is like a bunch of African-American people storming a KKK meeting. Mm -hmm. So let's not kid ourselves. It was meant to be aggro. And I just feel like you can't sit down. Because if people sit down, then who will stand up when you need someone to stand up? Right, Michelle? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so I just felt like, you know what, I, I needed to do that. And, and I will share with you that when I was four years old, I was on a National United Way TV commercial because it was, you know, part of my father's mission. And I just feel like I was born trying to help other people. I was born a child of the 60s. And you know what? You and me and everybody else have to stand up and you have to be radical because you know what? If you're not, who's going to stand up for you? Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, well, you're such a great leader, Michelle. I love you and thank you for leading the way what? and being such a bright light in my world. Thank you, Elisa. Take care of yourself and okay. thanks for calling in. Okay, bye-bye. And now, back to the Michelle Meow Show. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining me here. I'm Michelle Meow, your host. The Michelle Meow Show is your A through Z, covering the LGBT, LMNOP, and everyone in between show. So I made it public. I have decided that I am going to join the March Against Hate to Chrissy Field, which will be the counter-protest of the Patriot Prayer, uh, I guess, Patriot Prayer Group. Um, this organization is coming to San Francisco, and, and an article came out. It, it first suggested that, you know, an alt-right rally was happening in San Francisco. I did a little digging myself, and uh, the lead organizer, Joey Gibson, has come out publicly to denounce white supremacy or white supremacists as well as uh, neo-Nazis and KKK. So it's a little confusing as to what they actually stand for, but uh, I've decided that it's a good thing for me to go and protest, and I'll list many reasons why. But first, we should check in with the community of San Francisco and see what everyone else is planning and what their feelings are about this protest or rally that's going to happen in our backyard. On the phone with us is Jokey. Jokey, welcome to the program. Thank you. So what do you plan on doing, first and uh, foremost? Are you going to participate in counter-protesting this rally or uh, what what's a lot of people are doing, as the mayor is suggesting, going to Civic Center for a uh, peace concert and a uh, unity against hate kind of event? I decided to uh, do my usual Presidio walk that I do on Sundays on Saturday instead which begins with uh, pancakes at Orphan Andes, which happens to uh, coincide time-wise with the demonstration that will be going on there. So I will uh, somewhat passively participate in that as per I will be getting my pancakes. Probably will uh, stick around a little bit for that, but then give myself enough time to bus over to the Golden Gate Bridge where I usually begin my walk. This will allow me a unique perspective as per when I come down towards Chrissy Field uh, I will be walking at some point along Lincoln Boulevard, and there's a nice overlook there, and I can look at it from a very far distance and get a sense of what's going on before I step into it. Um, then uh, I, as I continue my walk, which usually ends with Chrissy Field, uh, I will gradually approach. I'm, I'm a kind of person who really likes to look and just see what's going on. 
but as I get closer, I'll sort of determine just what sort of statement I may make or what have you. Of course, I'll be dressed all in red like I always am, and uh, sometimes it's kind of fun to do that and maybe have some sort of obvious sign of who I am. I always wear a little rainbow bracelet, for instance, and sometimes I act like I'm utterly aloof to my environment and just walk through places and see what people do. So uh, if I feel like my voice must be heard at that point in time, you're going to be hearing it. If I think everyone else is taking care of things, I may just go there and, you know, walk through, kind of see what's going on, and if I have to do anything to help protect my friends, I'll do that too. So this is my plan. I think it's a great plan, and it also ensures some level of safety. A lot of people are concerned about physical safety, especially what happened in Charlottesville. Here's my point or, or perspective, I should say. I, I thought about it, and uh, with something after you know Charlottesville and tragically a life has been lost, and it was so, it was so incredibly ugly. I mean, this was uh, maybe uh, America's secrets or something, or or people didn't really want to hear it or see it. But Vice and one of their journalists were was able to capture a ton of interviews from some of these guys who were marching with. Uh, the this protest of the taking down of General Robert E. Lee. But what I want to get at is the fact that after something like this massive tragedy or something that affects the country on a level where there's life lost, the country seems to react. It, 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 the security measures increase. M- my guess is that Chrissy Field is going to be, you know, very, very well secured as far as even federal protection goes. And I'm talking like I don't know, maybe guys in SWAT or bomb sniffers or, you know, things like that. What do you think? Yes, well, uh, I, I noticed that online there are posted some additional restrictions that will be in place uh, for that day. So, uh, for example, obviously they don't want people bringing any kind of weapons, but also uh, small backpacks are fine, but they don't want particularly large ones. So uh, there's a whole list you can find online with the Park Service. And I believe I uh, put a link uh, in uh, as a comment on uh, one of your threads. So you should be able to find that. And uh, I've advised people to share that. And it's a list of a lot of stuff, but most of it is stuff we wouldn't be bringing anyway unless we were making trouble. (laughs) But um, they are going to have some things you can't do that normally you could at Chrissy Field. So uh, that's going to be going on. It looks like it will be a very controlled event. And, uh, you know, I, 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 well, I know the area very well, so I, I will definitely keep uh, aware of <laughs> any vehicles because I, I don't think they're going to let vehicles park at the field that day, but I'm not positive. And that's another thing I was thinking about, too, about this event, is that they're not simply going to be there. They have to get there, and I don't know exactly from what place they're coming or whether from a variety of places. But the fact is uh, it could be many of us who will encounter individuals (laughs) or small groups of them throughout our day. So uh, I don't know how that will affect the rest of the city. I don't know if any of them will uh, decide to attend any of the other events. Um, Yeah. you know, yeah, right. people are like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm fearing for your safety, and I, I appreciate that. But I'm, I'm thinking, man, if you're, a, you're walking with a Donald Trump T-shirt and getting on the Muni or mm-hmm. you know any public transportation, you really should be um, uh, looking out for yourself. That's how I feel, you know, in yeah. a city like San Francisco, and with the promotion now, you know, that the city's doing this no hate event and stuff, and so I expect a lot of neighboring. Uh, residents from other Bay Area cities to come into San Francisco to also be a part of that. Right. I wanted right. to get your thoughts, though, on what I said about this group, Patriot Prayer, and uh, and how, you know, the leader, who's a Japanese-American, mm-hmm. he, I mean, he's the one who told the examiner he's Japanese, uh, but, but, you know, his distancing from the KKK neo-Nazi extremist groups and, and his take on having a unity in, a rally to get America on the right track, and obviously they're big pro-Trump supporters. Uh, what do you think as a fellow LGBTQI member, as well as uh, what I think, you know, a, a, a liberal um, San Franciscan like myself? Um, what bothers me uh, most about people like that is, I'm not terribly concerned what they don't stand for. I want to know what they do. 
uh, William Burroughs, uh, who I've read extensively over the years, um, a, a writer uh, who also happens to have been gay, um, was somebody who often said that you know people by their friends, and you, know, you want to know who people are associated with. So when you don't really know who they're associated with, and they're just telling you who they're not associated with, uh, and of course, I mean, there's a hint at Trump, but I mean, the thing is, that's very bothersome, because for some reason, there is a type of communication, and I notice this a lot when I interact on message boards with uh, conservative news sites, uh, a way of uh, hiding from one's own message. And it creates a hostile and paranoid environment where people often end up by accusing one another of backpedaling, uh, name-calling, all this sort of stuff. But nothing really intelligent gets said. Um, so I, my biggest concern with these people is that they lack focus and that uh, I think that it creates an environment with way too many variables when they're not clear about what their message actually is. I mean, they want to unite people, but how? And why is us being united such a big deal? I mean, we're not all out fighting each other all the time. There's different perspectives and things. But the big problem never has to do with that we think different things. It has to do with behavior. And as a person who uh, considers his Bible to be Miss Manners' Guide to Excruciatingly Correct Behavior, you know, that's where the problem is. More people need to read that book. Yes. You know? yes. I mean, it's fine that we've got Genesis and Exodus and the New Testament and Jesus, but we need Miss Manners more. <laughs> Give us the title of that book again. Miss Manners' Guide to Excruciatingly Correct Behavior. It sounds painful, but honestly, it's almost like an anti-bullying manifesto because much of the time, she is trying to uh, explain to people how to, to get out of situations with people who are being mean to them. And nice people often don't realize that mm -hmm. that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and also my favorite thing out of the whole book, I have to let the world know this. When you're eating an ice cream soda, okay, you are allowed three slurps of your straw at the bottom, not zero. That is extremely important. Miss Manners wants you to enjoy your dessert, and that's the best yeah. part. She knows yeah. that. All right. Our well, lady. I, I, I have a couple more questions before I let you go. And, again, thank you for sharing your thoughts with us here on the program. Sure. Um, I have some feelings about, you know, just kind of how divisive we've been as far as the LGBTQ community goes. Um, and the responses to some of the things that, that are happening, especially even a situation like this. I mean, why can't we have many different ways of protesting this type of group? Why do you think we're arguing so much? Ugh. You know, um, pardon me for saying this, but I've noticed this with San Francisco long before I moved here, and this is part of why I moved here. I wasn't one of those people who moved here with ideals. I moved here to get things done. And as I uh, put a, 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 as a statement on my uh, Facebook feed one time, I didn't move here to hero worship. I moved here to say things that weren't being said. And I found that there's a lot of good people here and a whole spectrum of people who know how to get things done through civil discourse and other people who are just full of all kinds of fantasies. And uh, I don't quite understand what the issue is, but a lot of people don't want to do the work to get things done. They just want to um, shout. And uh, a lot of the problem is a lot of people don't evolve beyond the middle school uh, level. And I, I mean, I don't mean to be insulting to people, but I mean, we have uh, professionals out there yelling and acting ridiculous at their workplaces. I, I had to get a polyp removed from my um, vocal cords one time from overuse of my voice at work, which didn't have to do with me yelling at people. But uh, I, I uh, mentioned, uh, you know, jobs over the years where I've had uh, hostile work environments, which added to the types of t tension that can cause health problems. And my doctor said, oh, I've worked all over the country. It's everywhere. You think people, because they get educated, aren't going to be like this and such? I don't know what it is. And uh, I wish I had a simple solution, but people do need to step back try to learn what facts they can. Yeah, we have a lot of discussion about what is a fact these days, but do the best you can to be informed. Try to understand the other perspective. And we also don't need to treat trashy ideas with dignity. Thank you. Thank you so much. So my last question to that 
is our mayor, the San Francisco mayor, Ed Lee, had denounced, you know, and, and went there along with uh, Nancy Pelosi, uh, minority speaker of the House, who, yeah, went there as far as you know, calling this group already a, a, a KKK neo-Nazi and, and saying, you know, they're promoting hate. It's going to be a violent city and blah, blah, blah. So therefore, stay away from it. Stay away from it. That's that's their um, message is to stay away from Chrissy Field. And pretty much, you know, telling us how to react to a group like this being in San Francisco. Um, what are your feelings as a, you know, longtime resident of San Francisco? Should our mayor be telling us how to feel, how to react, how to, I guess, uh, you know, go through these times of political perils and challenge? Um, I think overall advice is, vice is good uh, because uh, as far as the general public goes, there's I guess this is sort of an event maybe isn't for amateurs, if that makes any sense. You know, people who really have cool heads uh, will be able to keep themselves under control and have a sense of, of, of how to protect themselves. Um, I'm not talking about, about weapons, but like, for instance, knowing how to keep a safe distance and only approaching if you think that that's a good idea, uh, being measured and such. Um, but, yeah, I, I think also, you know, it, it's a mixed bag. On the one hand, you know, you, we could just ignore them. Uh, and hope that they don't get much press. But on the other hand, we know they're going to, um, and there's always some, that kind of personality that can't wait to get in front of the camera. <laughs> so we may have a little bit of that going on out there, too. Uh, <laughs> I, I would say, you know, even myself. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, uh, I mean, I, and I, I, don't, I don't dress all in red to be invisible. <laughs> but, but that said, though, one of the bits of advice I've been giving to people is to pray uh, about Carl. You know, you know who Carl is, K-A-R-L? No. Our fog. He has a name. Oh, right. Pray now, for I don't Carl. Know if, I don't know if it's a male. <laughs> Maybe Carl can be a, be, be a, a gender-neutral name. For that. But anyway, yeah, because I, I, I was thinking about uh, the other day I was at the bridge doing my walk, and this gentleman is a tourist. Uh, he walks up to me. And it was a, a funny. If you were there, you'd understand how, how ridiculous this was. He says, do you know how I get to the bridge so I can photograph it? Well, he was, we were right there. We were at that little bleacher section just east of the bridge, and the bridge you can normally see, but it was buried in fog. It looked like it wasn't even there. And so the man, you know, was like parked in the top was the right parking lot. He was. And he's like, but where's the bridge? <laughs> how can I photograph it? And I said, what you need to do is pray to God. I said, do you believe in God? I said, oh, yes. And I said, okay, pray to God and have him talk to Carl. And pardon me for saying God to him. I mean, I'll say <laughs> he or she sometimes. You know, and I said, if you can get him to move, get Carl to move, then you can see the bridge. I said, otherwise, you'll just need to come back tomorrow and make sure you get here before 4 when Carl comes to visit us. Oh, my. That is that is so great. But it hey. would be funny if Carl came and buried the, the bridge. Because my understanding is they want the Golden Gate Bridge as a backdrop. And if it covered in fog and you couldn't even see it, then, you know, that would kind of ruin their photo op. <laughs> I think it's very, very possible. Well, let's <laughs> pray for Carl and everyone pick up that book that Jokey mentioned. Jokey, thank you so much for joining us here on the program and for sharing your thoughts. Oh, absolutely. Take care. I came to San Francisco in the end of 76. I got involved with the Harvey Milk campaign. We had a gay person in City Hall representing us. It was the most euphoric feeling one could ever have because that had never happened before. We thought we had arrived. It was a magical time. And of course, the magical time went into a devastating event. Back then, there were no phones or uh, computers. So simply by word of mouth, we all gathered in the Castro. And I'm talking, they came in by hundreds and hundreds. And it was like, wow, this is going to be powerful. Little did we know that then the police would want to come down there and disseminate us. I mean, I, I was standing on the corner of 18th and Castro when on the curb, and they came down the street in front by me, and they just hauled off and took a baton and knocked me backward. I wasn't even in the street that night. Made me a, a fierce activist at that point. 
we've been doing is we've, we, we've battled fear of people not knowing who we really are. And uh, I think we fight it today, but we don't fight it on the scale we fought it 35 years ago. I was part of building the San Francisco uh, Gay and Lesbian Center. We raised the money. I was the development chair on the board. I was uh, then the capital campaign chair. We raised a lot of money to build a beautiful building that stands there today signifying that we are a unified group. We house many of our organizations there now, and it's a, it's a hub for us. I sat on the board of Equality California for 10 years. We got a, a call the night before the Supreme Court was gonna announce, and we were on a board call, Equality California, and I said, well, it's almost 10 years to the day, but I'll tell you what, we're gonna to prevail tomorrow. And uh, that was beautiful. But now, everything, marriage, planned parenthood, women's rights, are in a, a sad place. It makes me want to fight harder. It makes me want to stand up for what we have and not go back. And I'll, what we have to do is we have to get organized. We have to be more self-initiated. We can't wait for somebody else to involve us. We have to involve ourselves. So two different perspectives here, one from someone who had attended the counter protests, the peaceful ones in San Francisco, and then one from someone who is planning to attend all of the different events and our thoughts. I just want to show the diversity of where we're at as far as the, you know, the, I guess, as far as liberals, as fellow liberals. I started to have this question in my mind in the last 48 hours about what it means to be a liberal right now. Paying attention to the media, by the way, could make you um, question that all the freaking uh, it can make you question that like all the time. Uh, I never heard of the word alt left and the alt right has been coined by those people themselves, like whoever these people are, like the Milo Yiannopoulos and, and uh, you know, all these people who um, were born out of, you know, Steve Bannon getting a second chance in life or fourth chance or fifth chance or something. I don't know. He weaseled his way into Trump's, you know, duffel bag somehow. And, 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 and the, the entire Breitbart movement and these, like, guys, these younger guys who are all about the freedom of speech or, um, you know, making it more about America, which it's not even, it's not even addressed properly, like what that means, because if you really felt like, okay, America first, and you saw what America actually looked like, instead of hiding behind a computer and thinking that America only should exist for you as a privileged white cisgender dude behind a computer, then there obviously is something wrong with that, with that thought. Um, at the same time, it's like this alt-left thing, which, by the way, was brought up by the president. You know, when he responded to Charlottesville, he talked about how there were bad people from both sides, alt-right and alt-left. We don't know what a freaking alt-left is. I don't know what an alt-left is. And if you identify as an alt-left, let me know at michellemeow.com. But this other word... Antifa, which we're going to explore this week with a few interviews. You know, who is Antifa? Who are these black block uh, people or these people dressed in black and they show up to 
um, you know, the rallies and counter protest them in a way where it is violent. We'll find out. I know very little about Antifa um, as it as it applies to the loose group, uh, you know, but to be called uh, an Antifa, an anti-fascist, I guess I identify with that. I mean, I'm anti-fascist. Um, I think a lot of people in the progressive community are anti-fascists. Um, so in that regard, like, I understand that. But I think it's also important to find out, you know, from this particular group what that means. And for a lot of you who are, who are especially part uh, a part of the liberal community, you know, are, t- are expressing your concerns with their, their strategies and their tactics. Let me put it this way. I've never... I've never had grandparents, you know, tell me stories of what it felt like to be enslaved by a white person here in this country. I've never had stories passed down to me about, um, you know, family members who were executed, burned, or tortured by Nazis. Um, And there are a lot of privileges that I live in as an Asian American person here in this country in which... I can't sit down and talk to, you know, people and tell them what to do, especially during a time in which it's incredibly violent for them. And then those people I'm talking about would be, you know, uh, people of color, especially black and brown, um, and anybody affected by neo-Nazi, white supremacy, and KKK attitudes that uh, are kind of rearing their ugly heads because the president hasn't taken a strong enough um, anti-position on the matter. And for some of you conservatives, if you are tuning in and you would like to argue with me, he did. I mean, he's backtracked on it even when he denounced it. And even when he denounced it, I mean, it wasn't in a way where, you know, his followers would say, okay, you got it. We're, we're going to stop with this uh, KKK shenanigans or, you know, uniting the right, which which isn't the right. I mean, when John McCain, Senator John McCain, starts openly and publicly distancing himself from Donald Trump, because I see John McCain as a stellar Republican and one that I can respect and one that I can have a conversation with, so it's not even about, you know, I'm always going to be against the right or Republicans, then that should tell you something if you're a Trump supporter. I mean, nothing he's done, nothing he said has been great for America. In fact, he is, he's burning this country down. His lack of leadership is creating chaos here in our country. And everybody is, yes, affected and afraid, unless you're rich, white, uh, and male, um, as I had mentioned before. So, you know, to wrap up my thoughts for this show today, I really wanted to get some things out about Patriot um, Prayer. And I want everyone to remember here on the show that white supremacy does not necessarily mean you're a white supremacist. You can be complicit in white supremacy and be a white sympathizer. And if you need help with these terms, Google them. Um, people you know, all over the Internet will help you understand them. But being complicit means that you support laws. You support policies that oppress other people. You really have to understand that. So you are a white supremacist if you voted for Donald Trump because all Donald Trump has done is taken rights away, has taken opportunities away from people, especially people of color. He talks about deporting criminals. Well, you know, we're seeing also a high percentage of regular everyday families being deported. And I don't want to have an argument with with anybody about you know, who, if you're here illegally, then you need to go. Because uh, at, at this point, it would then mean that we're all here illegally. And if you understand our history, then you know what I'm saying about that. So, you know, breaking up families and families who've contributed to this country for over 20 years, family who have established families, um, families who may have been unfortunate with the immigration process and need a little bit more time, need a little bit more clarity, people who actually want to be here, you know, to have an entire department just go rogue and just start deporting people and breaking up families, I think that's horrible. And also that creates the whole environment of, of racism. You, got, you have Latinos now who are racist against their own people, you know? And this whole Muslim ban and this whole situation about terrorism – 
and ISIS. Well, when's the last time we had a terrorist attack? Lots of you will say to me, 9-11, 9-11, 9-11. We have to talk about how real you know, American influence is in the, the Middle East and uh, what is our fault and what's not. And take accountability. But banning Muslims from coming into this country, it's not the same thing as fighting ISIS. And you know it. You absolutely know it. So I might be preaching to the choir, but I think also a lot of uh, liberals need to hear this. Needed to hear that now the Joey Gibsons and all these people who are going to run around and say that uh, liberals are crazy and, you know, they don't even know what white supremacy is. We do, and we need to start articulating it more. And, and I think more people like myself who are of color, who, you know, have different identities, need to speak up more about the fact that we can call these guys out for who they are. I wish that their honest platform was about freedom of speech. I wish that what they were about was all about, you know, unity, love, and even God. And even God. But that's not the case. And you saw that in San Francisco. They tried to come and create a situation where they could clash with protesters and, uh, you know, do whatever it is that they, they want to do. Maybe they like the whole attention they're getting from YouTube or whatever. Um, but you saw that. You saw that. You heard it from me here in San Francisco. Thanks so much for joining us here. Like I mentioned, we're going to have some interviews throughout the week with people who are going to talk about Antifa and what it means to them. So make sure you tune in for that. Um, the Michelle Meow Show is here Monday through Friday, 4 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. For everything else, you can head to our website, michellemeow.com. <laughs>